1: Here we go. Welcome back, everybody. Hello. Um, Okay, so I was working at a lab. This was a very long time ago, photo lab, and we did prints and everything for people. Mm. And we worked so hard. It was just three of us. There was a manager and two of us. And we ran the whole place. One day, there was a mistake. Uh Did I tell you this story, man? I don't think so. This was in San Francisco a very, very long time ago. I mean, Mm. especially since we printed stuff from negatives. (laughs) And so we were like always on the go. We took our job very seriously because we were all photographers. We were all seriously studying. Other countries listening to us out there, I don't know what you call it. We call it college, university level. Major Mm. studying of photography was happening. So we were serious about our craft. But one day there was a mistake. And one of our clients... I don't remember how it happened. I think I spoke with her first, but Mm. she said, what are you clowns doing there? You're just a bunch of clowns. Oh dear. And it just escalated and I was trying to calm her down because we were trying to rectify the situation and what happened was, if I remember clearly, the manager, and we were all friends, the three of us, we were tight. So the manager takes the prince over to this person's office and he comes (laughs) back. <laughs> he comes back and he's like, oh, "I guess we're just a bunch of clowns." That's all she kept repeating. "Is you clowns? What are you clowns doing? <laughs> just a bunch of clowns." And I took such offense to it. But my friend, who was the manager of this place, who was a little bit older than we mm. were, mm-hmm. he he just treated it with treated the whole word which I want to get into because I looked up the etymology of clown. Oh, dear. He came back and he transformed it for us. So because we were a lab, we also did passport photos. So (laughs) we got got whole clown outfits and we did our own. So you could still see like it was me, but as a clown, we all Uh did that. And we had passport photos of ourselves as clowns. And so from that day forward, we were clowns. And I don't know what it is about the clown, but you developed the phrase.
0: Uh, uh, I down stole to it clown. from my buddy Mario. Did He's you really? the one who introduced it so to So
1: Matt always says, is this person, like to be our friend, you have to be mm-hmm. down to clown. Like that phrase, uh-huh. are you down to clown? Basically means are you willing to put ego and any kind of superfluous, super whatever it is. (laughs)
0: Superfluous.
1: What do you call it? Just set it aside and have fun. How do you call it? Well,
0: I would say that typically a person who is quote unquote down to clown is somebody who knows themselves. They know their Mm -hmm. strengths. They know their weaknesses. And they're okay with looking foolish on some level. Mm -hmm. Right
1: Or having maybe the possibility of perhaps looking not perfect. And really the wabi ness of, the beauty of everything is the wabi-sabi, right?
0: Yeah, the wabi-sabi and also just the ability to laugh at yourself, frankly, mm. is a big part of it to me.
1: So everybody, I looked up clown, 1560s is when they think it first shows up. And it's defined as a man of rustic or coarse manners, a bore, a bore,
0: a bore. Oh dear! What is that? What's that's a, a boring person.
1: No, no, not a bore. Like a b o o r. Yeah,
0: that's a boring person. Really? Oh, he's such a bore.
1: And peasants. It means peasant. So then it goes on to say, so this is etymology.com. Yes, yes. Uh All right. They were saying basically, I think, they really don't know where it comes from, but (laughs) they were saying it's a word of obscure origin. The original form and pronunciation are uncertain, it says. And they were saying perhaps it's from Scandinavian dialect. Like if we compare Icelandic, which is K-L-U-N-N-I, Clooney, is that how you say it? Mm. that it it means clumsy boorish fellow swedish is k-h-u-n-s it it means a hard knob a clumsy (laughs) fellow and then there's danish k-l-u-n-t k-l-u-n-t a log block or in Low German, which I don't know what Low German means. It's a language. Low yeah. German?
0: I think, it's, I think it's ancient, and I think it was either speak, spoken in the lowlands of Germany, or uh, it's a class thing. I'm not sure. Okay,
1: so basically it was saying all these pretty much have the same mm-hmm. kind of meaning. And then it hmm. says OED describes. I don't know what OED means. Do you know? But anyway, I'm just repeating what it says. E-D. It says OED describes it as like a word originally clot. Lump, which like these words themselves has been applied in, in various languages to a clumsy boar, a lout. What's a lout? Do you know what a lout is?
0: A lout is generally, I think, referring to a person's intellect and or uh, kind of physical coordination.
1: You know, it's interesting because I was with my friend Franouche and we were talking about how there are people out there That are only friends with you if you are lower than them.
0: Yes, yes. There's a whole high-low status, absolutely. We
1: talk about this all the time. And it
0: can be a hard thing when somebody who you just want to be friends with, who in point of fact you're indeed in a different status level than them, tries to always keep you down.
1: Well, it's interesting because our conversation today... If you just bear with me, guys, we have so much going on. I have a very special treat for you. We have a special treat for you today. But anyway, just going back to the etymology and wrapping that up. So if you go back to... so okay. I'm going to
2: intervene for a second. Yes. Uh-oh. So yes. you're talking about clowns, right? And you're yes. talking about a particular... You're talking about the word clown. Right. But like the form of clown, I mean, like you look at the pueblos, mm-hmm. uh, they had clowns, like cosa is a clown. And you've got different words in different languages for clown. So even though the word clown is used for what a lot of us consider a clown today, they're payasos in South America. And so the, and when you say like a lump, it's like a lump of clay. It's many, 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 many possibilities. And they're also in a lot of cultures considered the go-between between the physical world outside of the physical world. And so if you could even say that maybe somewhat clowns are to tap into the essence between our souls and our, our bodies, or, you know, that would be a higher way of saying it, but you could also say that being not only just like status, but breaking down that there is no status. You might say that the clown's existence is for. exactly. Um, And and if we just focus on the one word clown, I think that clown is more of to embody a bunch of things. So There's other words for clown, you know, not just uh, what's used in the English language these days.
1: It's it's fascinating. And that's exactly why I wanted to have a show (laughs) on the clown, because it's deep. And I didn't Mm -hmm. realize how deep it truly is. I mean, we did because we have these conversations all the time along the same vein, but... You, Ali, you, oh, I'm so glad you're here so we can talk about this. I love what you just said. Everybody, I want you to meet your new friend. For those of you who don't know, Ali Shef. here is your new friend, Ali Chef. Hi, yes. hello. Yay. So, Ali, what's <laughs> interesting how we all meet each other. I mm. met Ali through the voiceover network. Ali is mm-hmm. an amazing voiceover actor. An actor, has played and worked in many different areas of storytelling. Ali is also a humanitarian clown. How fascinating is that? Yeah, just ponder so that for a second. Not just put only, those
0: two words together. Not only <laughs>
1: an amazing actor, voiceover actor, amazing storyteller, multifaceted, I mean... Ali's resume is full. I've known Ali for a couple years now. I've been watching Ali in the vocal booth through Zoom and I am amazed. And I wanna know more about the humanitarian clown and how, how tools that Ali shares is really key to friendship. It gives the whole meaning of, are you down to clown? A whole (laughs) other meaning. So welcome to the show. Ali, thank you. thank you so much for being here. How did you start doing this? And can we go down the list of everything that you do to connect with people? Like, for example, <laughs> I know you do several things. I'm just going to list a few here. Okay. <laughs> but you're able to let you describe it as you let the audience decide the game. Your audience meaning whoever's in front of you, correct?
2: Yeah. Um, And I, I if that's that's pretty much true i mean if you go to the circus like even if you go to the circus and you watch a clown or you even watch cirque de soleil mm. the clown even if it's a <clears throat> a staged performance like a set routine the clown always checks in with the audience there's always a pause and they always ask if they should should i touch the button they wait should i touch the button okay i'm gonna wait Oh, uh, should I touch the button? Oh, you are? You do want me to touch the button. Okay, I'll touch the button. You know, there's, uh, I tripped in, uh, you know, a fall or something like that. I'm just kind of going with like uh, what people are most familiar with, with clowning. And so we might fall. They're still checking in with the audience. So in that sense, it's, it, it's always the same for every clown. There's always a check-in in the audience. It's not, I'm telling you what's funny. Mm-hmm. I'm checking in. Is this funny for you? Oh, maybe I'll just I'll just toss it away. It wasn't funny enough, I'm gonna walk away and maybe then I'll trip. Oh, that was funny. Oh, okay. Okay, I get where you so it's always a conversation with your audience and your audience always has control of the situation. So with humanitarian clowning, I like using my friend Victor's story because I think it's really beautiful. Before I officially went on my first clowning endeavor, I met up with a clown that a friend of mine had said, Oh, meet up with Victor. And so we were chatting and he was talking about his first clowning experience which was going to a hospital going with a senior clown going into a children's ward of terminally ill children and being like i'm gonna be so funny i'm gonna make these kids laugh i'm yeah i'm just gonna do so good i got this i got this and him going in and one of the kids rejecting him immediately being like i don't want him i don't want him in here just don't go away i don't want you in here And the senior clown saying to him, to Victor, uh, hey, just go outside. And Victor was just feeling completely rejected. Like He's like, I'm a failure. I'm a terrible clown. All these like negative thoughts about that. But the senior clown's like, and I want you to wait, you know, wait about a minute. And then I want you to come back in. And then if the kid tells you to go out, go out. But then come back in. And so what that did was suddenly it became a game. Because when he came in, the kid sent him out, he went out. And then he kind of peeked in again, and the kid sent him out. And then it was, the control was with the audience, right? The kid was the audience. And so then it was a great game, and the kid was laughing, and the kid was very embracive. Embraced Victor a great deal, and then they moved on to another game, like, you know, kids do sometimes. Sometimes you can like, I mean, I've been in a hospital where I've done like a million pratfalls, and I'm like, oh, I am sore. I hope I don't have to fall again. But it's that suddenly, the audience has control. And there's a sense of ease that takes place. Because there's an opening of not feeling vulnerable in a particular way where you feel like you might get attacked, or you might feel or for, with humanitarian clowning, a lot of times you're in environments where everyone that you're interacting with doesn't have control and they're constantly feeling vulnerable and they're constantly feeling like they have to have all their walls and their defenses up because they don't know if they get to leave. They don't know when they're going to die. they Or maybe they do know when they're going to die and everybody's walking around them as if they're fragile and they are something they're like an object, you know, they're they're mm-hmm. they are the identity of their illness or they're the identity of their sentencing or they're the identity of their mental health right thing versus actually interacting with the other person. And so a lot of times giving the ownership of the game, which is what clowning is, is giving the ownership to the audience and not just being like, okay, make something, that kind of pressure, like create something. It's, oh, I'm going to dialogue with you. It's always a dialogue with your audience, even if if it's pratfalls, <laughs> if it's pratfalls, or if it's singing a song to them, it's always checking in. So it's not like, I'm going to sing this beautiful song to you and you're going to enjoy it. It's like, Seeing the person as you sing and pausing if you need to, because they're crying or weeping and they're enjoying it, or maybe they're turning away and you want to just give them that space. It's always a dialogue and it's not about being funny. It's about playing and being present. So, um, yeah, with with humanitarian clowning and the audience, it and with all clowning, it really is about having a play date. <laughs> with with like traditional theater and stuff like maybe you might interact or ask the audience and they're like, "Oh, I don't know. I don't know." But with clowning, I think that pressure is gone a lot of times because it's not a demand. It's an invitation which is a little bit different because I've definitely been in some like immersive theater where I'm like prodding the audience to do something. I'm poking them. I'm saying like, come, come give me something. Or like, you know, whereas with clowning, it's just kind of like being open to their suggestion. Oh, do you have a suggestion? Oh, oh, what about this? Do you want to do this? You know, it's like, it's like when you're playing as a little kid and that's really what a clown is. The clown doesn't really have an ego. And when it does have an ego, it's presented, it immediately gets thwarted, right? Like that's one of the fun things about when you watch a clown do something and they fall and they're silly. It, it's to point out that existing in status is a made-up thing. And if you put too much investment in your identity being a, a label, a subject, a, uh, a uh, uh, not a lapel, what am I thinking of? Like, <laughs> like a medal or my, I'm a like, I'm a vegan, right? If I am like, I am a vegan and that is my existence. That is really hard. And that is really stressful. And that takes a lot of effort and a lot of work to be like, my whole identity is this one thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Then Absolutely. I'm constantly
2: going around self-absorbed being like, how am I looking like a vegan? I, I'll, a really great example I thought of actually right before this this morning was my dog had to go to the bathroom and I wanted to take him out. And I was, I was, I was feeling, I just jumped out of the shower. I was like, I've got this podcast. I need to take the dog out. And I was putting on my lacing my shoes and I thought, wow, this is a show right now. I am putting on a show to appear that I'm urgently for my dog to look like I'm busy and I'm hurried and I'm rushed. Whereas the most effective way is to be lasered focused on tying my shoes if i'm focused on tying my shoes i'm playing even the game of life right i'm i am i have the objective to take him outside and i'm honing in on that and when you're playing as a clown you're honing in on listening and you're playing the game but you're really listening you're not thinking am i funny do they like me none of those things those kind of like identity things that we think are so important and we put so much effort on, we spend years on our whole lives being like, I'm a voice actor, I'm an actor, I think there's power in having an identity and claiming what it is you want to pursue, mm-hmm. but at the same time is not taking ourselves too seriously. I mean, that's the beauty of the clown. It's like, oh yeah, I get to breathe. I don't have to hold up this identity or what other people are labeling me as or what I know myself to be. I got a little long winded, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tangenting.
1: (laughs) I love this. I do.
2: I just kind of like go around there. Um, But I I don't know if that answered your question or not.
0: Oh my goodness. Ali. Hopefully, hopefully it's in there somewhere, but uh, (laughs) I totally agree with you though. Um, You know, today I happen to like rarity. I'm wearing a shirt that actually has a logo on it. Oh my goodness.
2: Oh yeah. Uh I don't do that. (laughs) I
0: don't like to do that because it feels like you have to defend that all day. Mm-hmm. You know whatever whatever that thing is on your shirt, if it's a Nike swoop, you know you're a Nike uh-huh. person. I mean, oh my God, that's exhausting to me. I
2: yeah. don't want to do
0: that. I, I just want to be yeah there. yeah,
2: yeah you know? and also though, but to be aware of ourselves when that is also something that we resist, like the anti-something too, mm-hmm. being too much of an identity too, you know, yeah, being okay with oh, I wore a logo today. yeah. Yeah. I wore a logo today. It you is, know, it is it's not now. a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can say, yeah, I wore a logo today or I didn't wear a logo, but yeah, getting hooked up on that where we just don't, we're not really being with people, right. which is such a habit. You know, I, I fall into it all the time. I mean, none of us are perfect. I think also the idea that, um, I mean, I love failure. Like my goal last year was to fail a lot and to really embrace. I'd heard someone say, and I'm sure a lot of people have heard this, but I know Jason Le- near White said to me that failure is the first attempt in learning. And I was like, oh, that's a great way of thinking of it. But it's also like it's the process of living, right? Is pain and so much avoidance of pain versus learning how to navigate and be curious and bold mm-hmm. when things are uncomfortable, you know, and explore them, which I, you know, you just mentioning the labels, what was making me think about how. Uh, just those things that make me uncomfortable. Like, why are they making me uncomfortable? Huh? I wonder. Like I started really like every time I stub my toe or whatever, or like I, I cut uh, sorry, it's the middle finger, but I'm holding my finger up to the camera to show you this gash in my <laughs> hand. I, I started being like, wow, this still hurts. Why does it hurt? Hmm. Ooh, it feels a little tingly. It feels a little, oh, it also feels a little bit uh, like Bernie. like, you start like picking away at like, dissecting those feelings Mm -hmm. and stuff. I mean, you know, it's such a, I think it's so fun, right? Like, like you felt resistant of a label or that you felt you needed to defend a label. Like, oh, why did you feel you needed to defend it? Did you immediately think people were going to criticize you? Is it your network of friends that really... Are anti-label and you know because I think every spectrum of like no matter what stance we have on something there's Mm -hmm. a real gripping to it like a tension that's created in our bodies versus relaxing and being like I completely disagree with you (laughs) but where's your perspective I hadn't thought about that you know
0: yeah yeah I would definitely (laughs) say Americans are having a very difficult time when we disagree with one another yeah you know I'm, I'm Oh my goodness! Yeah, I'm hanging out. (laughs) I'm hanging out at the gas station having coffee in the mornings now, with a group of people at a gas station uh who are all very. I've never
2: heard of that before. (laughs) They're all
0: very (laughs) different than me, and every once in a while, I notice I step too far, and they don't like Mm. it. They really don't Mm -hmm. like it. Like when I get super philosophical, or I start talking Mm -hmm. about different things I'm thinking about, maybe for the show, and just bouncing ideas around. They don't like it. Yeah, they they want to tell their stories. Get their chuckles, uh-huh. say hello to everybody who comes in because I know everybody who comes in, and move yeah. on.
2: <laughs> well, you know though that conver- that alone though is such a really beautiful thing, because when we know some people, even even if it's a dismissive thing sometimes, which is like, oh, that's just Johnny. Well, even even that there's an opening when you have that familiarity, you know, where you're having Mm -hmm. a conversation consistently, they're still a little bit more open to you and hear a little bit of what you're saying. And it might even resonate with their day, just a little bit because they know you and you're familiar. I think the more we have even those awkward conversations where we don't feel like we're necessarily heard, but we continue to have a little bit of space to share with one another, I think it really does assist in us hearing people outside of it, even if even if, for instance, like I hear what someone's saying, but they're so familiar at the same time. This is often with family, you know, where I'm like, I hear what you're saying, but I just I'm not going to I'm not budging. But right. then later I hear somebody else say it. And I'm more open to that person than I probably would have been.
0: Yes. Had yeah. I
2: not had my I- conversation with the the familiar person.
0: Absolutely. You know? Yeah, no, so you're,
2: cool to do that. You're,
0: you're totally opening doors. Mm-hmm. Things like, you know, slowly but surely you get to know one another and you know things about them. And we happen to be yeah. vegan, too. Huzzah. Yeah. So, of course, yeah. I get to see pictures of the deer they shot. And I have to, like, yeah. not be completely like, oh, my God, but be like, yeah, yeah, I know. I heard congratulations. I heard this about it. I heard that everybody mm-hmm. was talking about it because it's a big deal to him
2: and yeah, i realized
0: that and i want to respect his space and mm-hmm. I, I i don't want to dismiss it because yeah then we'll never talk
2: yeah sure oh sure sure yeah that is always that's always yeah that's tricky when you're looking at those things and you're like wow this is not my space yeah right. i i feel like constantly constantly in those spaces and that yeah the beauty of finding you know, I, I sometimes wonder is, or I know my own ego is my reaction. I sometimes get concerned about: am I, am I misrepresenting myself, or am I in the divine, you know, game of life, saying, or disregarding uh, my stance by saying, oh, I, you know, I I like how you said, I I see why you're excited about this or uh, congratulations on something that means something to you. Right. Right. Like finding out how we can be supportive. And also, I guess for me anyway, checking myself where am I, like I was talking about putting on this, I'm just doing this. I was just doing the show for my dog. Right. Like, look how anxious I am tying my shoes versus I'm tying my shoes. I hear you. I'm making sure, sh- you know, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm just thinking tie shoes, next step, next steps, next step. Just like you were saying about talking to the person is like, mm-hmm. am I putting on a show by being like, I'm not going to look at this or am I putting on a, or am I just saying, Hmm. Thank you for gifting your life and, uh, dear in my head, you know what I mean? Right. Like thank right. you for gifting right. your life and and being here in this world. And, This person was gifted such a celebration and such a a beautiful moment from your life. So thank you. You know what I mean? Like, kind of figuring out how to connect with a situation. And obviously, not like clearly, if there's something that seems like you need to speak up, obviously speak up. Right. (laughs) I just want you to be clear. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. You make me think about compassion and the thing that i feel like is one of the things is, is we are a community right
0: Very, well um, you but, would think yes indeed and well, people think that intellectually yeah. but sometimes i wonder if people have an understanding of
2: mm.
0: community that doesn't agree with what i have to say 100 percent.
2: sure you know oh, that's sure. that's one of those yeah. really
0: interesting huge problems right now that you know we yeah. need to connect as you said more about and really try and have conversations with people who mm-hmm. aren't just like us.
2: Well, and you know, you mentioned something, I can't remember if it was in the beginning or before we started recording, but the um, wor- the importance of words. And one of the things that I have a real, this is like, this is like, okay, it's gonna be a little bit of my campaign but I am on this campaign of, like, I do not like the word politically correct. I always like to think of instead of community compassion, because for instance, someone I care about a lot kind of gripes. He's extremely sensitive and really cares about not harming other people. But when he hears the word politically correct, or he'll really just like dig in there like why are there everything's got to be politically correct i think it's like more destructive i think that word immediately removes the purpose of that kind of speech right if you're thinking about being community compassionate you're looking at that person and you're like i'd like them to feel lovely i would like them to feel safe then our curbing of our language becomes a consideration and then our learning for instance of of pronouns or our learning of maybe a new name or whatever it might be becomes an act of learning (laughs) an act of um like when you're talking to a little kid and they're like well I don't like that and you're like oh well why don't you like it that is how changing how we communicate with each other of not using words that harm. (laughs) I feel like, well, when you say politically correct, it's immediately saying it's not something I believe. I'm saying this because it meets as if I'm going to campaign or be a a political leader and immediately (laughs) implying that everything spoken is a lie, right? Like it's not, Mm -hmm. I don't really believe it. I'm just saying it because I'm supposed to. And that (laughs) is empty to me like I get we're faking it till you make it where you say like you know creating a landscape but if we care about what we're saying and we care about the, the lives in front of us I feel like I just don't like politically correct and I really don't like that the way that word is used I think it dehumanizes the way a lot of language others us and separates mm-hmm. us and I think it also prevents a lot of dialogue like we were saying about discomfort in conversations that people aren't like you you know I think it swings all the time by popular like communities the subset communities of like this is acceptable language but this is an acceptable language and not having a conversation because one side might use a language that is offensive to another side consistently but because maybe they're in the majority at that time their dis- their negative language is accepted or they're not hearing themselves use language mm-hmm. towards another group that's harmful or hurting them you know like i feel like this i feel like i'm i'm going for cc let's all just be cc community compassionate I love that, that is my my <laughs> way on feeling like speech and interacting with people is, is it- isn't it really though, important
1: it it, it it is um isn't it though basically coming down to one thing isn't it really ultimately the fear of failure the fear of <laughs> not being perfect and and if you think about it just walking is a constant motion of perpetual mm. about to fail because the mm. act yeah. of walking taking one step towards another is really tripping so you're catching yeah. yourself on the next you know a lesson from yoga Ooh. but like you're catching yourself and you're able to make it to the next step but if you are so fearful of doing the mm-hmm. wrong thing matt always calls it the centipede's dilemma because if you really oh, stop and like that. think about it then you're gonna trip yeah. like oh how do yeah. i move all these hundreds of feet you know yeah um yeah. so i think that's why that's why politically correct is it shouldn't be okay. Like, I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> oh, it's just, well, no, I'm just saying the word. No, no, no. And you know, like, it's it's all about perfection. It's I, all about the way you look, the way you sound. You're afraid to be an outcast. You're afraid that you'll be targeted or you'll be wrong. And that's part of, I think, the beauty of appearing like a clown.
0: Absolutely. To rewind, first time I heard politically correct was at UC Santa Cruz. And I swear to goodness, that's where the term was born. Mm. I swear oh. to goodness. Because I'd never, ever, ever, ever heard it before, and everybody was saying it there. So maybe it was San Francisco, Berkeley, ah, on down to Santa Cruz, but my God. So I have a whole different interpretation of it because yeah. I learned it before there was any weight on it. And like even the word decimate, yeah. how decimate doesn't mean what it used to mean back in old Greek times. It means something Explain different again.
1: now. Explain again to everybody else, especially who don't speak English, what decimate really means.
0: Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Decimate is one out of 10. And this is because something happened, wartime, the Greek populace, and they killed one out of every 10 people. That was the punishment. Mm -hmm. But it's turned into 10% get to live. And it's just Mm. evolution of words and people use words. Maybe they don't 100% understand, et cetera, et cetera. But word meanings change over time. And that's all that that kind of illustrates. And so even politically correct things, I think the terminology has morphed over time to a point where it's not usable anymore. And I'm not gonna argue yeah. that anymore. But I honestly, and here's the sad part, so will community compassion if everybody uses it. It'll get misused oh, well, too. Sure, it's just sure, sure. it's just the nature sure. of language and the whole kind of sound bite mentality that we have. You know, oh yeah, my I God, if if I put together three words that sound terrible, it doesn't matter if I surround it with five pages that don't sound terrible. You're going to pick out those three words, and I forever said something, something, something.
1: So, Matt, what did politically (sighs) correct mean in Santa Cruz way back
0: then? It was all very liberal. It was like you were as liberal as you could possibly be, period.
1: But isn't that what that means right now?
0: It it means something very similar now, now, but people are wielding it like a weapon, and and they're wielding it with disdain, and nobody wielded it with disdain. They're saying you're being very politically correct right now. PC. In in a way that it was like, we don't necessarily believe this is your true nature.
1: It also goes to like, I know this is totally going off topic, but like politically correct as PC. And remember when Mm -hmm. there was a war between PCs and Macs? Like <laughs> firmly
0: on the side of the PC. <laughs> yeah,
1: Matt's a programmer. He hates the Mac. Sorry, guys.
2: Uh, and so, like, so if funny. we if a Mac yeah, I ever think showed up, the weaponizing of language is very very true. And I, I yeah, I, I hear you on that for sure. I study with a behavioral scientist and talking to her about just kind of like the the tells of politicians and stuff, and like the learning, you know. Of um, I think it's just. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I try to use the, even, you're right, yeah, it can be weaponized for sure. I think anytime I'm thinking about politics, I think politics in general has been separated from humanity yes. in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. Totally. Like, yeah ab- like, ab- like absolutely. Like, for instance, politics, politicians are, you know, we're the boss, right? Like, we the people are the boss of the politicians, but it never feels that way. No, right, right. Well, It's like
0: such a bizarre they, thing. They asked a politician what? Yeah, I remember hearing about this, but they asked the politician, what's the most important thing you have to do?
2: Mm.
0: And the guy said, get reelected, not help my people in my district, not elevate discord. eh, eh, Discord, yes, but elevate discussion is what they should have said, you know, and, you know, trying to do right by my people. No, it's to get reelected. So all of a sudden... It doesn't matter if your district is pro life or pro choice, then all of a sudden miraculously you are now too. Because heaven forbid yeah. you want to get reelected. It's not okay. about okay. helping yeah. anybody. Okay, everybody. But let's let's
1: not. Let's
0: talk about connecting yeah, yeah. with people, well, <laughs> shall we? No, 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 no. Yeah. But this Connect is this
1: people, is yeah. this is precisely about connecting with people because yeah. a politician is kind of like most of society right now, because mm-hmm. a politician is only wanting to express what they want to express to you. Mm. And they're not interested in seeing you or hearing your point of view because they feel like, I have to say this. I have to mm-hmm. get this point across. And I think that's yeah. that's one of the points of friendship and the art of friendship that's lost is that because we haven't been communicating, we haven't been together, we've been Mm -hmm. so split up from the very beginning in various different ways, from the way the family is structured, a baby's born, you put it in daycare. A Mm -hmm. person gets old, you put them in daycare. Uh, You know, you go to work, you're tired, there's no connection anymore. And I think it's the same way that there's no capacity for uh-huh. seeing the other person, hearing the other person, because you're so busy, which is a thing when we started our podcast, that was that to me, that's the F U word, the four letter word, busy. If someone says, I'm busy, uh-huh. I'm like, basically, they're giving me the middle finger. They're saying, F U Vaughn, instead of saying, I'm tired, I wanna stay at home. I'm busy, you know, just uh-huh. it's rude to me. <laughs> so I think yeah. because we're so busy all the time, that we don't mm-hmm. have the capacity to truly see the other person because all we have is the ability to muster enough power to say what we need to say because we are not seen we're not heard we're not Mm -hmm. anything and so that's rampant in our culture and i one of the questions i wanted to ask you ali i mean Mm -hmm. i have a list here which actually you perfectly like answered everything on my list I was like should I just read the whole list of like all the questions because they were already answered but like one is how do you Mm -hmm. Ali have the capacity or create the capacity within yourself to really see someone or to hear someone because you have to have pulled it all together for yourself to be able to set everything aside To really hear and look at someone and hear exactly Mm -hmm. what they're telling you, even if Mm -hmm. it's in a micro gesture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
2: And I want to be very I also want to like kind of say this is that um, the capacity for that is sometimes and this is where I went off on the community compassion thing is like understanding that because we're a community, we might not be able to hold the space always. And we have to allow for other members in the world community to hold that space, right? So if there's somebody that has harmed you, like there are some people in my life that have uh, just terrible things have done, and I don't have the capacity to be in that space with them. Did you say capacity? Capacity. Oh my gosh. Hold on a
1: second. I think we have a new word. I think we should, we're always creating new words. Capacity. It's compassion and capacity combined. I think capacity I'm sorry go ahead I'm sorry
2: yeah so um just kind of like I for instance I am really glad that their parents uh, were there for them to give them love and space while I needed to remove them from my life right so I always am hoping for people to have and wishing for all of us to kind of step in where we can when it's not um, not in our space for safety for ourselves, to be in that compassionate place. Because sometimes it is horrific, sometimes it is dangerous, and we need to not be in that space. But to have that, that life still receive compassion, and acknowledgement and space I think is really really important so I want to kind of preface what I'm about to say with that because I struggle constantly with my immediate family in this area right like for me to be in that space of really listening and really seeing them
0: mm-hmm.
2: there's a lot of my ego in that space so much of my ego because I, I'm like, Oh, this is where I struggle. And it's, it's because of this with you and you and you, you know, there's all this, there's all these labels, more labels than if I interact with another person outside of that. Right. So it's a constant journey of reflecting on a situation and coming back to it and being like, Oh, this is where I was at. And then also realizing that sometimes my stepping away and being like, I'm just going to be listening to you, I catch them the, the annoyance because we're in a conflict. Now, if I'm going into play with others outside of my family and so, cause this is my, I'm constantly working on that, right? I'm constantly working on stepping back, trying to really listen, what is it that they fear? And a lot of times my emotions are spiked and I don't, I just am like, like a, a, a empty rubber wall or something where they're like, more frustrated. But then I step away and I'm like, okay, why are they frustrated? What kind of feelings are they feeling right now? You know, so with the interactions daily life, that happens all the time. And I just have to keep revisiting the discomfort and being bold and curious about my discomfort, their discomfort, and trying to be more compassionate in how I communicate. So clowning has really fed into that and acting, analyzing humanity all the time, realizing that we are all capable of horrendous, horrific things, and we are all capable of beautiful love and being shameless with our love and reaching out a hand to somebody that needs it, to listening when it's uncomfortable, to seeing somebody at their worst and not deciding that what that means, <laughs> but just seeing them and opening oneself up to be present so with clowning one of the things that uh, opening oneself to listen is focusing so much on the other person not and and kind of you'll record it all you'll record the fact that the baby's gonna die it probably won't make it through the week you might be recording oh this person murdered somebody you might be recording that in your head or you might be recording oh this person, Who I've been seeing for the last eight years, their parent, their family is not coming to get them tomorrow. And you've had that conversation a million times and you're seeing all these things. Now, this is me recording it, but when I'm in the moment with that person, then I am only paying attention. I'm paying attention to them. I'm paying attention to their smile. I'm paying attention to their alive eyes you know, if they can see where they might be, you can see them think, oh, like ideas playing in their head. And you're, you're kind of like, oh, they're engaged. Should I go over here? And, and just not expecting, not looking to be funny again, not looking to be, not thinking about how they're affecting you, but just thinking about each step What's in front of me? What do they, what are they pointing at? Oh, they're pointing at there. I'm going to look over there. I'm going to look back at them. I'm going to check in. You're always checking in. That's the other thing, like the clown of checking in. If they direct me somewhere, I'm going to look over there and then I'm going to check back in and then I'm going to go, you know, so it's, I think it's just going in with the intention that you want to give them freedom, like Mm -hmm. freedom and play and space and, and going in and thinking I'm just here to be with you. I mean, that's really what it is. It's like I'm just here with you, and I will. Uh, I'm. I'm. I. I. I'm excited about being here with you. I'm curious about being here with you, and I wanna. Uh, I wanna see the world with you. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you hold hands with somebody or you hold hands with your friend. This is. This is what I'd say. It's like being excited to share a sunset with a friend, right? life is that sunset or life is that beautiful view and when you go into a prison and you're looking at a bunch of these beautiful lives you want to share that sunset or you want to share a song you want to play the game and the game is that like they're going to lead you and they're going to show you their sunset right you're going to go look at the view with them when someone's really excited about sharing you they're they the creation they've made. And what's really fun is you get to make the creation with them. So thinking back to my friend Victor's story is, there's no objective other than being with that person. And you cannot fail as long as you're present with that person. And you're not thinking about how you look, (laughs) if you're doing it right. Because then you're not with the person anymore, you know, and I think a lot of times when we're in a conversation, I mean, even with you guys just now, right, there was something that sparked an idea. And I was like, oh, I got to say that. I got to say that idea. And I was distracted from being present for a moment. Right. So reeling back in and being like, oh, wait, let me let me like really listen. Oh, okay. Do I think I understand this? Oh, really listen. Oh, stop thinking about whether I think I understand it or not. Just really, really like zero in. Take mm-hmm. that space. Not try to, like you said, being busy, right? Right. A lot of times we feel like we have to say something to fill the space versus like, I tell you, sometimes you sit with somebody and it's just silence. You go somewhere and you just sit with somebody and it's complete silence. You know, sometimes as a clown and and realizing that sometimes our act of play our act of being and listening and like really there is not doing anything right you know just just that hang time mm-hmm. you know you're in hang time with that person and that's kind of euphoric because there's just no it's a present. Again, you're giving that yeah you're giving no expectation to them they don't have to do anything either, they don't have to satisfy an expectation. You're comfortably being with them. right? And if you're not going, what should I do right now when you're sitting with them, then they don't have that pressure or that awkwardness of feeling like they need to say anything either or or do anything, you know? And that is insanely liberating. It's so liberating and everybody, it doesn't matter if you're super wealthy, it doesn't matter if you're super poor and it doesn't matter what kind of status you exist in, uh, we all need it. It's really hard for all of us to have it.
1: Ali, do you? would you say mm-hmm. that when you do this, because I can think of some people listening, that it takes such effort and such energy to set everything else aside, to be present, to practice the art of improv, improvisation, mm-hmm. but to put all your focus on another person, I can perhaps feel a question come up like doesn't that take a lot of energy so my question Ali is when you do this do you Mm -hmm. feel more energized are there times where you feel depleted or do you feel totally energized by doing this by connecting with another spirit like that I would assume Uh if you truly do it right you feel energized right
2: yeah and uh, here's the here's here, I'd say is maybe the caveat would be the after. Remember, I, I think I mentioned how it's like you have a recorder mm-hmm. filming your entire clown interaction. And we used to, we uh, as humanitarian clowns would have a lot of. Um, and this is with Gazoon Height. There's clowns without borders who's amazing. And they might have a different process, but we would have holding violetta and what we would do is we'd sit there and we'd talk about the where we had been. And so I'm saying this because you're still recording all the things you're seeing, right? You're just not thinking about them in the moment because you're really it's it's, ext- once you stop, <laughs> once you're able to like really hone in, it's energizing, it, it's as freeing for me as it is for them because I am not, I'm not an identity, I'm not any of the labels, I'm not any of these, I don't have any expectations of myself, all that burden of trying to be something. Because because as soon as I started thinking, I've got to be a great clown, I'm I'm putting on that label and that burden again. That's exhausting. It's and, exhausting, which but, we're always doing. Yeah. Right? And a,
0: and I'm, you're also gonna, saying I right. you know yeah. I need to be a great No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. What yeah. you need is, I don't know, maybe great performance you know, connection, yeah. which automatically implies someone yeah. else is involved and it it takes yeah. it away from the self and to me that's part of yeah. that's a big part of friendship too and conversations as friends yeah is it's not about me and oh yes i just got this blah blah no 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 the conversation yeah. goes where it goes you enjoy each other's yeah. company you move on
2: yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and i do want to touch on this though because i i'm sure folks kind of you're saying it could be hard it is the that like we can clown in life in that way in the way with friendships of being present of putting aside time of making time of muting phones of those kinds of things and really focusing on what the person's saying or how the person is reacting those minute facial expressions when we focus in on the really seeing the person or or really hearing the person or really feeling you know maybe you're just holding someone's hand you don't have to speak the same language you don't have to Necessarily be a hearing or a visual, you know, like there's, you don't have to necessarily see. I know I'm using the word see, but that kind of touching, connecting. There is also with clowning, because I do want to touch on this, the recorder that's happening all the time, that's because we're just absorbing information all the time, you know, that's not just words, that's not just sight, that's texture, smells, flavors, you know i know that my friend you know the little kids put their hands where there's a dead bird in there right to try to because i saw the motion of wash the hands but the connection between wash the hands and water's there but not the connection between oh there's a dead thing in here you know what i mean those kinds of things happen and your little recorder still going like oh oh i saw all these things or like i said this this person's gonna die this happened all these sorts of things so when you step away from clowning, there's still the processing because we are sensitive and we are feeling these things. In the moment of play, we're playing. And afterwards, we, sometimes we have to process the those the flood of all the things that we see and all the labels that we see and all those things, and then hold space for one another to as well, clowns anyway, we would hold space for each other. We would clown for each other in the sense of allowing one to weep and allowing one to be like, I am so scared right now. And just again, holding space. So we have you, we're holding you, you know? So uh, it's not that you are completely in this, you're in a, I don't want to say like, you're in a state, it's not like you're like transcending, you're still absorbing all the information around you and you still have your histories and your experiences that are putting meaning on all the things you're experiencing. It's just when you're interacting with that person or people, um, or even a dog, or like I mean, because sometimes you just kind of are just really present with everything around you. It's it's just making the choice, and it takes practice. It's like I said with my family; I'm still practicing. I'm still falling and stumbling and prat falling and trying to get to that same state with them more frequently as I am when I put on a nose Mm -hmm. and I get to clown and I get to share space with others. So it, it is just listening so hard and it's listening with every aspect and then catching yourself kind of like people talk about meditation, like the drifting cloud, everyone brings up the cloud. Don't pin down the cloud, let the thoughts come in, drift out. It is kind of that it's going It's not fixating on the fact that you started thinking about how well you're doing in that moment. It's remembering I'm there with love, and this is a life. And if life is sacred and beautiful, and we only have a little bit of time on this earth, it, every life is a gift. And we're all, instead of thinking about we're all taking, think about we're all gifting, right? So Mm -hmm. like, I wanna receive that gift of that person in front of me. I wanna receive that gift of life versus out an opportunity. I feel like life is, you know, like everything in front of us is a gift, right? So if we want to receive that gift, I don't want to miss that opportunity to receive that gift, you know, versus, you know, it's, well, it's just like, oh, I missed the phone call from the person that's going to make me like the biggest superstar in the world or whatever opportunity I was going for if we look at each life in front of us as that phone call that opportunity to connect with somebody again connections right like it changes how we view it it's a gift that that moment is a gift and and yeah you know you obviously being in that state 24/7 doesn't happen but including it in our day to day and and again to micro to shrink the clown experience which is much bigger you know like there's there's big play and then there's just kind of being with one another but in our own lives soaking it into how i interact with somebody it is remembering that the person in front of me is a gift yes, okay, I, I wasn't able to turn off my phone because I've run into you in a store or I've run into you on the street and I am in a journey right now, I have to get to this meeting on time, then maybe it is only just looking that person in the eyes or maybe just touching their shoulder or if they feel uncomfortable about touch and stuff, which a lot of people do these days and age, um, just kind of taking a breath and a moment and acknowledging their existence. And then like the calm of tying my shoes <laughs> being, I am so appreciative that I, you know, it's, it's a real, it's been a real gift to see you today. I have to get to an, a meeting, have a lovely day and really mean it, mm-hmm. you know, like I think, I think really just saying that this is really important that I say, hi, even if that's all you're saying is hi. Yes. I see that life in front of me high. That's yes. just feeling it. Like if you feel it inside, and I think that's that's another thing is, you know, we, it's hard for us to feel because I think I personally can probably cry at a drop of a hat. You know, sometimes it's just the world is so overwhelming and sometimes we hold things up so much
0: mm-hmm.
2: that the idea of being touched is so scary because we know we might break because we've been holding tension so much. The release of tension is like tears and sobs, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times the idea of really feeling is scary, you know, to say hi to someone and really mean you hi. Like yeah. that's kind of scary. Like it's very vulnerable to be seen. We avert our eyes so much, you know. We do. We do. I know, right? Can you believe it? I know. Uh, you know, like when you're walking on the metro and you're like, I just or a train or a plane and you sit down, and you're like, I'm so tired. I hope that person next to me doesn't look at me or start up a conversation because I just want to sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. It, the other option is to like, look at the person and be like, oh, that's nice to meet you, too. I tell you, I'm very tired, so I'm going to take a nap. But it was really lovely meeting you. Done. Right. You're Done. So you know present. what I mean like it does we You're can so still acknowledge beautiful. caretaking. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, ab- absolutely sometimes yeah. Everybody wants to be heard, everybody wants to be seen. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, yesterday was a very challenging day for me, but I made sure that those people that I care about, mm-hmm. especially yesterday work stuff, mm. that they knew that I saw them, that I went yeah. out of my way to show them that I saw them.
1: And then you weren't able to like receive the like us around you to say it's going to be okay. You it took you talking to a stranger.
0: Oh, yes, but <laughs> yes and no, right?
1: <laughs> it t- I just felt you and I, I energetically <laughs> saw you release the tension when you told the stranger everything you had told us in the house that was bothering you mm-hmm. about what happened, all the terrible things that happened at work. You told a total stranger another fellow dude. <laughs> <laughs> and all he said was, yeah. Uh, what did he yeah. say? And, and you, I sensed and saw you relax immediately. Well,
0: I'd also... Okay, so... We That's had la- totally we, we had, sense, though. We had layoffs totally at work yesterday. <laughs> I don't want to be cryptic about anything, yeah. but some of them came as surprise and some of them didn't. Mm. So the ones that didn't come as a surprise... You're already mentally prepared for and blah yeah. blah blah, right? You're okay with that, but the ones that you weren't expecting are the are the challenging ones and the tricky ones. And but Matt honestly, feels everything deeply. It was, Matt
1: does everything is very. You're very caring.
0: In 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 the particular instance you're referring to, it's it's what I call. You want to talk to somebody who's not emotionally connected to Definitely. the issue because you want to hear. The complete logical approach, even if the person is so completely different from you or, Mm -hmm. you know, they're 20 times smarter than you or not 20 times smart. It doesn't matter. It's just, yeah, you frame it, you put it out there and now you put it all out there. You put out as much context as you feel you need to. You spit it out and and it helps define it. Because I think one of the problems that we do have is that, you know, the problem seems so big. This is why I like having a to-do list is, you know, you you ever been in that mindset where you're running around, you're not getting any one task done, but you're working on five?
1: Yeah. Oh, Oh my God.
0: It's so frustrating. Oh, yeah.
2: Whereas a to-do
0: list, I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this. All of a sudden, things become more manageable. And it's very, very similar in that particular instance, because I was able to just bundle it up. Hand it over to this guy who wasn't emotionally affected and could care less mm-hmm. on some level about the whole situation. Yeah. As, well, he should. He shouldn't care. Yeah. And to hear him bounce back with like, yeah, okay.
1: But he also sure. offered you advice. He did. Which if we had done that at home.
0: You no. Would,
1: yeah, you would have said, stop yeah. trying to fix it. But, but the yeah. thing is that it took a stranger to say. It's okay. You should feel proud of yourself, right? You should celebrate your because it win. becomes
0: an objective success it's, it's as opposed Isn't to an emotional that- success
2: somebody in the community was able to hold that space. True. Right. Whereas for instance, like I was talking about how my family is a challenge for me. Right. Because again, Christ well, yeah. Raise your hand if your, hand if an, your family I, is not a yeah. challenge for you. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me put my hands down because I talk with my hands. Um, well, cause that is, there's so much you have to hold up mm-hmm. of w- their perceptions your relation, like, the identity that you think you have to be for them, right? So even though it might be the safest in theory, the fact that you care so much about them, about your family, can also be why it's the hardest, because everything becomes more sensitive, and they care so much, and sometimes it's like, well, they care, that's why they're saying, you know what I mean? Like, how is this a real, like, because... There's so much attached to it. There's so many different links and identities linked to it. It's not that the love isn't received. Well, the love can sometimes be deflected, uh, you know, but sometimes it, it is like somebody else needs to hold that space for us Mm -hmm. or we need to be held by that space because, Mm -hmm. you know, in the end, again, we're all lives. I mean, I, I know I keep saying that, but I have to keep remembering it, you know, where we're all lives and. The idea, again, this is like a perfection thing, falls into kind of what you were saying, Fawn, about the need for perfection is like the identity of family member being the perfect family member. The idea that we as a perfect family member can hold the weight of our partner or the weight of our family on us and that we don't need help. Mm -hmm. That outside community of lives can't be a part of the support and that Mm -hmm. that... And maybe it's a gift to us to not have to try to fill that space and for an opportunity for our loved one to find some reprieve or space with someone else. And we're given as a gift of a break, Mm -hmm. like a break of of effort, like, oh, I gave you a vacation for a little while. You don't have to say anything. It's cool. You take some time, drink a cup of tea. I'm going to go over to Ralph over here and Ralph's going to just give me some space to like vent you know what i mean like yeah. i think sometimes i know for me anyway sometimes i'm like why am i not a better why am i be- not a better sibling why am i not a better child you know why am i not a better well relative you know
1: well here's a theory it's yeah, harder go for it. It, it's just a theory but perhaps it's harder to be present with people Mm. that you have history with because of the recorder. Because Mm -hmm. when they're saying one sentence, you're not hearing that one sentence. You're hearing years (laughs) of recorded history within the context (laughs) of that one sentence. So you can't be fully present in just the three or four words that Mm -hmm. were said. You're thinking Mm. of everything in all dimensions of that one mm-hmm. sentence with the three words in it or something, definitely, you know? Definitely. So that's why it's easier to hear a stranger sometimes. It is. Mm-hmm. It can
0: be. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think about, you know, particularly with family, I mean, you know, it's like literally you're, you're talking to people who taught you how to wipe your own butt, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it can be hard for them and you, it can be hard for them yeah. to see you as the adult you've become. Mm-hmm. And it can be hard for you to see them as the almost peer if you will that they've become yeah. to you they're they're not you know the one who's teaching you right and wrong and you know teaching you the multiplication tables and correcting no. you when you make no they're not that person anymore mm-hmm. and
1: Yeah you guys I think we should continue this conversation and and wrap it up just for today there's a lot <laughs> wrap to think it up. about Ali, I want to hear you yeah. all day, every day. Thank you so much for the beautiful wisdom you. that you brought mm-hmm. for every one of us today. And I hope you come back. Yeah. I want yeah. like to have more coffee table talk with you. It's truly yeah, fascinating. Yeah, maybe we could
2: have tea. I am a big tea drinker. Yes, we have our tea? Same yeah, well, because you mentioned the spaces and stuff. Um it's just it's so interesting that you know so many making space for one another i kind of just want to say like one thing is like we're talking about families and stuff is again everything is practice you know and maybe our time with our family like this is what i'm trying really hard to do is is get my family to have tea with me right and have like give the gift of space um like in japanese tea ceremony there's yes idea i was gonna that, say that the that's like I'm I'm studying slowly I'd like to like do some intense studying in the future but the idea that the the guest is the all the steps that you do are really for the guest it seems like a lot of steps but it's all for the guest and I think about like my relatives my grandmother told me a story about visiting some relatives um hard workers farmers and getting there kind of surprising them back before cell phones and and phone calls were regular, and showing up, them sitting down, having coffee and pie, and just acting like there was nothing in the world more important than just being with them, right? And then as soon as they got in the car and were driving away, in the rearview mirror, they saw them hustling to get stuff done (laughs) because the sun's setting. They've got a farm. There's like a million things to do, but never did they feel rushed. Wow. And I was thinking about just how those spaces, like, I worked my, my friend's Ethiopian and one of my friends and having coffee with them was like that. Mm-hmm. And my translation is like my tea experiences when I have tea with my friends that are also absurdly obsessed with tea. We create that space and finding those small moments with our family to create space, whether it's tea or water. Or or whatever, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be us being like, I feel comfortable. I'm not going to like this. Everything I say, I feel completely fine saying to you, I don't need outside help or outside space. But just making sure that there is that space with one another still. I think I feel like the like getting a massage, getting those knots and those tension out. I feel like just. Consistently creating that space is also going to, like... If you think about it.
1: it, this is why coffee shops have become so wildly popular in our culture mm. in America
2: Yeah, over
1: the last 20-something yeah. years. Yeah. We can have coffee at home, but we tend to spend... I don't know, 100 times more on a cup of coffee, mm. $8, sometimes $11 for a cup of coffee. Oh my
0: gosh,
1: Right, oh, that's but, so much. but really the value of it is yeah. we're around other people. I had yeah. a professor in university, my photography professor, who uh, I hated like um, subways and buses that were crowded. I don't like to be around crowds. It really freaks me out Sure, um, as much as I love people and people mm-hmm. watching. And one day he said, isn't it the best to be on the on like the most crowded bus? Isn't it the best? And we were like, why? He said, it's the <laughs> only opportunity in life we get to be so close where you're touching someone without it being awkward. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. so close to someone, it's our only opportunity. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I never forgot that, you know? So yeah. every time I'm in a situation that is uncomfortable, I'm like, wow, it's a fabulous opportunity that we normally don't yeah. get. That's why it's uncomfortable.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I love that.
1: Ali, can a, you tell yeah. all of our friends around the world how they can find you and your work and what you're up to? How can they get a hold of you? Where can they find you?
2: You can go to my website, which is a l i c h e f f. Dot com. I would say that might be the best way. I'm not um, I, I am on social media, but mostly I just like read to my sister's little ones because we're time zones away. <laughs> so mostly it's just me like reading a book and even though I do voiceover uh, and I read audiobooks all the time, it's live. so all the stumbles and stuff are in there and my uh, my thoughts and musings. <laughs> As I read, which uh, I think that's at symbol ALI underscore cagff. Um, but yeah, anyone's always feel free to reach out to me if you have questions or if anybody wants to connect. That's, you know, I finally figured out how to answer uh, Thank goodness. And thank you, Fawn and Matt, for helping me there. Uh, Find my contact information on my website. So now I will respond back quickly. I didn't know uh, those messages were going to my spam. So I'm very happy that you solved that for me. Isn't
1: it funny how we have this internal dialogue? Because I was thinking, because I wrote everyone, I wrote a message to Ali. I'm like, wow, they didn't respond to me. Okay, I'll wait. And then I waited weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And then I started thinking, they hate me. They hate me. They hate me. And then one oh. day I was bold and brave enough to say,
2: Oli, did you get my message? <laughs> and you yeah, said Yeah, such no. a simple phrase. <laughs> Nothing weighted about it either, right? Like, did you get my message? That's such a simple thing. and But you had all that behind it, It was right? all like, of that was behind there. <laughs> and I'm so glad because honestly, as soon as, I, w- I was like, what message, huh? And once I went in and found it, oh, l- goodness, there were a lot of messages in general that I just did not know existed out there. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, wow, who knew this came in? Because my email automatically thought it was spam because it doesn't, it just sends it as like Squarespace something or other, you right. know, like whenever you're,
0: right.
2: you know, so I'm so glad you clarified that. So anybody listening... I will respond to you from now on. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been solved. Uh, thank you friends for uh, helping me with that. For sure.
1: We love you yeah. Ali. Ali Chef everyone. Amazing, creative human being. Such a pleasure to have you here. It we'll was talk so to you fun. next time.
2: Yeah. Always for sure. you're always
1: welcome at our table. We love you. And everyone out there, thank you so much. If you ever need to speak to us, we'll, I mean, we'll be talking to you in a few days. Have a beautiful every day. And if you need us in between that time, always, we are always here for you. Just go to our friendlyworldpodcast.com. That is our site, right? Why can't I ever remember our own website? Okay, we have like four or five. of them. Anyway, we'll talk to you all in a little bit. Thank you so much, everyone, for being down to cloud with us. Talk to you later.
0: Bye. Be well.